Because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. Not it's all about not control. To them we just cattle. Numbers battling each other while they're creeping in the shadows. Scheming, plotting, clocking your every move. Locked in your mind, brainwashing till it's rocking. Got the population operating as they want them. Symbolically mocking them, thinking nothing can stop them. So open your eyes to the lies of the evil. The poison in the minds and the lives of your people. And every time they lead you down a line to deceive you. And by then, it's always too late to see. Through the veil that they hide behind Cause your third eye is blind Better take a stand We running out of time Ain't nobody coming to save us Fuck what you had in mind Arm yourself with the truth And jump behind the battle line Can we turn it around? Yeah, it's possible Divide the world for But united world This is for the world This is for the masses Attached to the strings Being pulled by puppet masters This is for the youth Searching for the proof Keep on looking for the clues I'll provide you with some truth This is for the ones Waking up with the spell Beginning to discover themselves yeah, this is for the youth, searching for the truth Keep on looking for the clues, I'll provide you with some proof Hey yo, the stage is set, the game is rigged The system isn't broken, it was designed this way And only the blind obey, give their mind away To these political, parasitical, cynical, criminal-minded individuals Getting you to surrender your freedoms To the hands of the state, with every boogeyman they create Playing they order out of chaos In order to enslave us, distorted our brains to morally degrade us Faces off against each other while they move the pieces On the global chessboard It's a state versus This us. is for the world, this is for the masses Attached to the strings, being pulled by puppet masters This is for the youth, searching for the proof Keep on looking for the clues, I'll provide you with some truth This is for the ones waking up from the spell Beginning to discover themselves Yeah, this is for the youth, searching for the truth Keep on looking for the clues, I'll provide you with some proof This is for the world, world of A Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth. I'm your host, James Cordner. My website is freeyourmindne.com. Not much going on on that website these days. Just kind of... Just another place where you can find the show and some other interesting things that... uh, Well, things that I find interesting that I'd like to make sure I have a private place to share them with. Uh, all of you people that like to search the internet for this uh, this material. Um, th- thanks, Joe Murray, for that intro music uh, and this shirt. <laughs> so, in any case, uh, yeah, pretty pretty long week this past week uh, in my neck of the woods, and uh, you know, last last time. I was talking about some weather, and that weather, you know, came and went. The The ground was clear a few days later, <laughs> which is strange. I saw my driveway for the first time in about a month, and then we got smacked again. <laughs> a little bit of, a little bit of weather came came our way yet again. Um, pretty uneventful week in my neck of the woods really working on something big speaking of joe murray working on something big with him uh more on that in the future of course uh we work very hard in our personal lives with our own personal endeavors with you know jobs and families and whatnot but we try to set aside some time as much as we can to speak the truth to speak truth and uh to present information to all of you out there that are watching and or listening so uh, i 
really uh, really appreciate your listener you, you, you people listening and or watching um, let's see I got a couple of things here that I wanted to uh, wanted to share with you guys tonight all right and I am unprepared ahead of time so what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, just kind of I'm going to do this on the side here and because I can and let's see let's see if I did I save it no nope I didn't you're hearing me clicking around a bunch I apologize uh, we'll do that one sure and So, tonight, I want to speak about truth and what it is, because that's what it is. It is what it is. It is what is and what has happened in the past and what is happening in the present. The stories we will tell in the future of the past. So, it's very simple, really. Um, truth is reality. Reality exists objectively, aside from whatever your perception of it is. Reality exists objectively, and you need to, I know I'm going to jump right into this, but you need to align yourself with reality and the truth. Um, if you're not doing that, you are partaking in something called solipsism. Solipsism, from the Latin adjective solus, which means alone, solace not soulless and the latin pronoun ipse which means self the ideology that only one's mind is sure to exist solipsists contend that knowledge of anything outside one's mind is unsure hence there is no such thing as objective truth and nothing about the external world and its workings can actually be known so that's solipsism this is a very dangerous ideology, uh, perhaps one of the most dangerous ideologies, and more people need to learn about this ideology. A lot of people out there have never even heard this word before in their entire lives. You notice that little picture right there included in this slide? Um, you, if you're a solipsist, are the center of the universe. Everything that revolves around, uh, well, it's depicted as the sun here, but excuse me. So you're the center of the solar system. Everything revolves around you. It's a selfish ideology. It's an egotistical ideology. So, you know, stuff, my stuff, stuff about me, stuff I hate, others. And outside of all the roads, it's, it's just nowhere. Nothing exists outside of the self. Okay. Um, it's the ideology that, like, like it says in the definition in here, it's no such thing as objective truth, that the only thing that matters is perception. Okay. So this, your truth, my truth, her truth, his truth, all this bullshit talk about individuals' truth, it's not truth. Stop, stop, and think for a second. It's not truth, it's perception. It's your experience. That's what you mean to be saying is experience. I'm not the thought police here. I'm not here to tell you. I'm here to try to help you learn so you can take it upon yourself to do the right thing. Okay? Yeah, I was called thought police earlier this week. By some do-nothing in a chat room for merely trying to explain about distractions on the internet. That there is 
some real big issues out there and that we should be careful about who we listen to and what types of solutions or what types of messages those people are are putting out there not going to drop any names it's just not my style but there's really a small list of problems that we need to focus on solving before we focus on 9-11 before we focus on if we landed on the moon before we focus on any of all any of these other conspiracy theories granted knowing and having that kind of ammo in your arsenal to kind of prepare yourself or arm yourself against these sick people that do these terrible things or trick you into thinking something happened that didn't i can appreciate that but is it the most important thing to f- to figure out whether or not we landed on the moon or who shot JFK or all this other stuff like these crazy conspiracy theories that people like to focus on if the doesn't matter if the earth is flat, round, a cube, a fucking tetrahedron, if it's hollow, if it's solid, it doesn't fucking matter. Reality still exists and in this reality we are in a condition of slavery. If you live under the rules of a government, you are in a condition of slavery where one class of people thinks that they're better than you and they can make rules for you. And if you don't follow those rules, you get punished. They take your money through taxes every fucking day of your life and they're stealing from you. They hate you and they think that you're beneath them. And until we solve that problem, none of the other fucking problems even matter. So how do we solve that problem? We learn things about the universe. We learn things about nature. We learn things about real law, natural law. That's what we do. We learn how to live without them. We do things like, I don't know. We do things like uh, plant your own gardens, grow your own food, uh, take care of your community, you know, uh, some submersive techniques to like go around them, Uh, some agorism, you know, start a farmer's market, make sure that you have a strong community, strong families. That's a way to solve the pro- way to solve the problem because that's something else that they're going that they go after. Another thing is, uh, don't vote. Yeah, um, and you know, the more of us that don't pay taxes, the better. That is a toughie, you know. To be completely fair, that one's tough because that's when you start messing with their money. That's when they really have a problem. And mess with, try to mess with her. I don't think she knew she was being messed with. How was nothing? I was sticking my tongue out at you. Don't flip me off. (laughs) But so yeah, I mean stuff like that. Um, And so I have some notes here. And uh, I'd like to I'd like to read from them and and everything to continue my talk about truth versus perception. Um, so I showed you the definition of solipsism. Uh, so we hear this word truth, okay, and a lot of people have a problem with it. Like it just doesn't you know it it doesn't sit right. And with with these people, with a lot of people, um, and when we're on this journey to di- to discover ourselves and to discover how the universe works, uh, we want to, you know, we we tend to run into these roadblocks, you know, where where our perception of reality tricks us into thinking that that's what it is but there's more to reality to learn than just the things that you see Um, uh, 
I'll just wait for that incredibly rude background noise to end. <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, it's tough. I mean, like you hear the word truth, but what is, what's the first thing that comes to mind? You know, uh, a lot of people just be, Oh, someone's being honest and, and all this other good stuff is some, some mystif some mystification around the word as well, uh, you know, but per, uh, Let's see, where was I? <laughs> now I just feel like I'm just going to you know, read directly from this. So truth is objective. So it's not based on your perception. Okay. This alone can be seen as, as you know, like, like your ego is being attacked. And your ego is there to, like, protect you. So it's your fight or flight, you know, response where you are met with this, you know, met with an adversary or met with this challenging situation and your ego tells you either to stay and fight or run away. It's that little shaky feeling that you get in your knees from the adrenaline when you're in a dicey situation. That, that's your ego talking, you know. Um And granted, the ego can actually be something useful, but it's not always good. It can take control and really, really fuck you up. So when you start hearing things about the truth and what, what reality really is, and you have a hard time hearing these things, well, that's your ego chiming in and saying, nope, nope. I don't want anything. No, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that. Um, you know, you can be aligned with, so your perception can be aligned with reality too. So that's not to say that everybody in the world's perception, that perception of clear across the board is like always distant from the truth, right? So you can actually align your perception with reality and therefore you're perceiving the truth so if you're you know if it's like um i've seen it i've seen it like a uh, for an example i've seen it uh, uh displayed as like wavelengths and uh wavelengths running over a straight line and i think it was um so the, the straight line the straight line is truth, okay? I'm actually looking at it here, but I, can't, I don't have a picture of it to show you guys. But so the straight line, imagine the straight line is truth and the wavelength is your perception. And the closer you can get that wavelength down, so the slower the wavelength, the closer, the, slow, the, the slower the wavelength, the closer your perception is to the truth. Um, Sorry, nope. <laughs> My wife's distracting me. <laughs> I messed that up. So the more for the the higher the frequency, it is the more you're actually hitting that white line. It's uh, quite the opposite of what I said originally. The higher the frequency, the more you're hitting that white line, right? That, that straight line. So you're actually encountering truth more. Your perception is encountering truth more often. Um, so more about solipsism. Just one moment, perhaps. I gotta check something real quick here. Make sure that things are going okay. 
So for those of you watching, sorry that you just see me, you know, poking around <laughs> on the screen. Um, just checking some things here real quick. It's not going to be a very long show tonight. I haven't really prepared for the show very much this week. I apologize. You know, I'm, I am done reading that book. I finished reading that book last week. Uh, and, you know... That's that on that. That's all she wrote on that book. So it's okay. Um, so we went over solipsism and I'm talking about truth versus perception. So you can either have, you can either, you, you know, when you say, your perception, you, you can either be close to the truth or you can be far from it. And the people that are solipsists tend to be the very egotistical people that have a very hard time aligning themselves with the truth. Their perception is so far away from truth and reality that they're just, they're gone. They're gone. In fact, solipsism... <laughs> Solipsism is um, one of the nine satanic sins, and it's not—it's not that I'm—I'm I'm advertising or or what's the word here? It's not that I am uh, saying that we should, you know, subscribe to the tenets of Satanism here because I'm actually very far, very far against. Satanism, because the satanic religion tends to be more of an of a, of an egotistical religion. It tends to be more of a self uh, self important religion, where survival is like the number one thing. Where it's just you know completely clear across the like it's just so rooted in the self. It's not something that I that I want to advertise or tell people to turn to, but solipsism is one of the uh, nine satanic sins, and it's not sins for the people. In it. These are these sins aren't. It's what they it, so that this so the satanists want you to be a solipsist. It's not good for a satanist to be a solipsist, but that's what they want the rest of the world to be. Kind of like so that when you say a satan when you look at the satanic sins is these are the things that the satanic people the people in the satanic uh, the Church of Satan, you know, started by Anton Lavey. Um, these are the things that the people in that church aren't allowed to participate in. Things like stupidity, solipsism. I have more here. Let's see. Uh, I can read them here. In fact, I could probably just incorporate them into the show here tonight oh there's more <laughs> here we go studios digits in your mouth and i don't understand why some of the so here we go okay doing this live tonight no big deal so the nine satanic sins as you can see here let's get that a little bit all right so the number one stupidity number two pretentiousness number three solipsism four self-deceit five herd conformity number six is lack of perspective number seven is forgetfulness of past orthodoxies number eight is counterproductive pride number nine is lack of aesthetics as it says there on the right, uh, it says the so-called satanic sins are what satanists, uh, satanists, 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 the satanists forbid among their own ranks, but want people uh, want to peddle to everyone else so that they are easier to manipulate and to control. 
So there you have it, folks. Uh, if if your perception is not aligned with the truth and reality, then all it takes to control you is to take whatever belief system that you subscribe to, because beliefs and understandings and you know are separate beliefs can be manipulated an understanding that comes with principles in my opinion principles and understandings are different than beliefs because beliefs can be manipulated so whatever you subscribe to in your belief system that can be manipulated and if that's your if if your belief is tied to your perception then your perception can be manipulated through your beliefs it's like almost like downstream from the other one is downstream from the other so when you're not aligned with truth and reality, you're easily manipulated and easily controllable. So we need to get away from solipsism. We need to get away from subjective reality and align ourselves with objective truth and reality. So, uh, yeah. And maybe wondering how we do that. Well, we do that by learning about, uh, by discovering uh, natural law. We do that by learning about natural law. And uh, we need to discover it, you know. We can't just believe in it. Like I said, beliefs can be manipulated. But if we discover something, discovery is more aligned with truth. And to discover something is to know it. And to know something means that it's true. To know something is that it's based in reality. Uh, it's not natural law is not like a religion. Okay. Uh, because religions kind of just ask you to believe, you know, and to accept it, all that stuff. Natural law, you can discover it. Like you can, it's, it's provable. Okay. Natural law has also been called a bunch of other things. Like you might've heard it referred to as like karma, the laws of, uh, behavioral consequence. I know some people that call it the real law of attraction. Um, to read right from, to read right from these notes, uh, belief is completely irrelevant when it comes to the existence and operation of all laws of nature, such as gravity, inertia, momentum, thermodynamics, and electromagnetism. Similar to other phenomena of nature, the workings of natural law don't require belief in order to be uh, operational, discovered, and known. So gravity, inertia, you know, momentum, thermodynamics, and electromagnetism, these all work consistently, no matter what, for all time, whether you believe they do or not. Throw yourself off a cliff, believe that you can fly, you will plummet to the bottom and hit the ground and probably die depends on how high the cliff is um and if you're dumb enough to do that then perhaps there should be some spikes at the bottom and you just you just go <laughs> um so and so let's 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 define some words here uh definition of natural is inherent in having a basis in nature, reality, and truth, not made or caused by humankind. So that's the definition of natural. Um, natural, the etymology of the word natural is actually, uh, natural. the word natural goes back quite a long ways to even ancient Egypt, where the uh, prefix na uh, nat uh, nater is 
means of God, and all means. Actually, no. I think Nater just means uh, just means God, and all means of. And so natural means of God, or of cre of creation, of the creative force in the universe. So natural, and then law. Uh, the definition of law is an existing condition which is both binding and immutable. Immutable is just simply it just cannot be changed. So natural law, the best working definition of natural law that can be found, um, I first heard it from a man named Mark Passio. The working definition he gave, and which I'll give to you tonight, is a universal, non-man-made, binding, and immutable condition that govern the con consequences of behavior for all intelligent beings. Natural law is a set of universal spiritual laws which act as the governing dynamics of consciousness. Consciousness. Yeah. And, you know, natural law can be tested, people. It's a testable hypothesis. Um, so you can ask a question, gather information, formulate your hypothesis, make observations, analyze and test the data, and draw a conclusion, then communicate your results. There is the scientific method right there. Okay? Because natural law is a science. So, so we say that it's the laws of behavioral consequence, right? I'm giving like a crash course in this tonight because I'm, I'm you know, I'm just uh, reading through these notes that, that I've gathered and uh, I got this thing right here. Anyways. Um. Maybe I can share with you something else to spark some interest in your brain. Who knows? Again, at the beginning of the show tonight, I did, uh, I did, I did let you know that I am quite unprepared. I've had a pretty busy week, so please excuse me. Maybe I shouldn't have even done a show tonight, but hey, here I am. All right, so we have a teachability bell curve here, all right? The best position to learn is right there, and uh, where you're learning the most, and you're both a teacher and a student. So you know enough, you know enough to pass some information along, but you're not uh, arrogant enough to think you know everything about something okay um, so just leave that up there for a second let, let you guys if you haven't seen this before to take it in and to process it as you will so we don't want to be too gullible we don't want to be too naive because that's also a poor position to be in to learn as it says there um, but we all start out naive, don't we? Okay. But it's up to us to, the best way to, for, for us to know is to learn the trivium method of truth discovery. The trivium method of truth discovery is the process in which we go through in order to learn what is or is not the truth or what is or could or could not be the truth. I would like you to know that the original classical version of the trivium is grammar, 
logic and rhetoric or uh, input processing and output would be a more modern day explanation of what the trivium is in, in kind of a way to explain it like you would explain a computer uh, input processing and output you put information in good information goes in the processing period the processing happens and uh, the way it should and good information gets you know you output good information grammar logic and rhetoric you're gathering up the information in the grammar stage all different points of view are being absorbed and considered you're listening to multiple sides of an argument you're just gathering you're aggregating that information you're combining it all together and you're making sense of it. Now that's the logical stage. That's the logic stage where you're starting to make sense of everything going on. You're drawing conclusions. You're getting close. And when you reach that conclusion, that's when you've entered the stage, you know, the third stage there, the rhetoric stage, where you're able to speak it back out, back out into the world for others to hear, for others to start with the grammar. Okay, so, but the learning is never done, okay? That's, that's what this slide is supposed to really convey is, is what, what it's supposed to be, the teachability bell curve. It's to, supposed to say here that the learning is never done. You're never, you never know everything, okay? You can just keep discovering more. But as you discover and as you work through the trivium and, and, you, and you reach the rhetoric stage uh, on, on uh, various topics, you kind of owe it, you know, you, you kind of owe it to the, to the world to speak it back out, to help others learn. All right. That's, uh, that's kind of what, what the goal here on this show is from here on out. My presentation style is quite sloppy. I don't have a lot of time during the week to fine tune these uh, these shows. You know, back in the, the the last couple months, I've been you know reading a book on air. You know, I cannot help myself but to try to lend my voice to this to the to to this uh, choir and to make it loud and to just be one more person. That's speaking about these to this topic of natural law, objective morality, the laws of the you know the laws of uh, behavioral consequence. These these topics, you know, um, the more people that are speaking about it, if you don't like what I have to say, then at least now you know that there's something out there called natural law, and that it's a there's a better way. <laughs> that anarchy could be the better way. It's the only way that hasn't been tried yet, <laughs> in my opinion. If uh, history tells us anything, um, real anarchy has not been tried. We've always lived under the thumb of some government. There's never been a society. There's never been a whole, you know, uh, developed country that's ever lived in a state of anarchy. That and. Uh, that shit that went over went on over in Portland or whatever in Oregon uh, last year. That's not anarchy. That's uh, that's not autonomy. That's bullshit. That's a bunch of, um, as far as I'm concerned, just plunderers and rioters that have got such a demented worldview that, and they call it anarchy because it's because it's uh. Anarchy is the option that they don't want you to know exists. Anarchy literally means no rulers. I actually got into a conversation with somebody who I'm hoping to actually get onto the show uh, at some point in time about anarchy, and he said, "Well, I don't want to live in a I don't want to live in a place that has uh, that has no rules." And I said, "Well, I got news for you, bud. In an in anarchist society, there would be rules." Anarchy literally means no rulers. And he was like, well, well, and I said, well, hold on. Let me, let me explain this to you. 
And for all of you out there, all of you anarchists out there that may come across this and have and have uh, have a little bit of trouble. Uh, the best way the the best way to really get through to somebody may very well be the way that I got through to this gentleman. He put up a, a little bit of a fight about what anarchy means when I was explaining to him that it does not mean no rules. It means no rulers. And he was like, well, well, well. And I said, please let me explain. He did. So what I said to him was, well, you have monarchy, which means one ruler, right? He's like, yeah. And I said, okay, anarchy means no rulers. And I explained to him that an, uh, an is means uh, no or lack thereof or the absence of. And archon, where the archie comes from, simply means rulers. So the lack of rulers, no rulers, no masters, no slaves. If there's no rulers, there can't be any slaves. And if there's no slaves in a state, then a condition of freedom exists, not a condition of slavery. So that's the, that's the option that we have. And how do we get there? How does that, how does that work? Um, so this is like a very, very rough draft introduction to what I promise will be a little bit more of a polished, uh, a polished series in the future. So how do we get to a state where the condition of slavery no longer exists where we're no longer living in the condition of slavery uh, well how would that succeed let's ask ourselves these types of questions as we go along it's it's a good thought exercise it's a good way to continue the conversation and we as a society unfortunately have been groomed into thinking that things need to be more complicated than they actually are when the truth is very simple how do we get to a place in, in the world how do we live in a reality where slavery no longer exists well we kind of have to do a little bit of a kind of have to think of it backwards a little bit we kind of have to think about why does the slavery exist now? Okay, if anarchy, uh, let me let me backpedal a little bit here because there's another point that I want to make about anarchy. If anarchy means chaos, if man, if anarchy means you know lawless, if it means chaos, if it if if the depiction of anarchy in your head is buildings burning and you know people rioting. Where have we been living the past two years? What has the world become in the past two years? If their definition of anarchy is true, we're living it now. But unfortunately, their definition of anarchy still remains to be a lie. So what we're actually living in now is the, there's a few different options. It could be the collapse. I remain hopeful that it's not. Um, people think that things have gotten so bad there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, my God, things have gotten so bad. Um, but, I mean, the news is, the, you know, hear ye, hear ye. It's not gotten bad. It's always been this way. Now you're just kind of you're, you're catching up and realizing how it's, how it's been <laughs> for so long. Um, and you're pissed. And I understand I understand why. There's a lot of us that do understand why. We're here to help. So how do we get to a place where maybe these sick, psychopathic Satanists don't get to run the world anymore? Um, perhaps, or we get, perhaps we get to a place where no one is in charge. Well, how do we accomplish that? The answer is morality. Objective morality. And learning it and living by it. Why is my screen doing that? That's so strange. <laughs> um, I hope the stream is coming through okay. Let's check. So how do we get there? Well, 
Like I said, morality. Yeah, I guess the stream is okay. Is it? Yeah, it's okay. All right. Um, there is a right and a wrong. It does exist. There are, there is harm. There is peace. It does exist. It's not based on your perception of it. All right. This is how natural law works. There are transgressions against natural law. And these transgressions against natural law or the wrong actions, these are how the understanding the transgressions is how we understand whatever's left over. Those are the right actions. So it's an it's called an apophatic inquiry. Otherwise, you could also call it affirmation through negation. It's the way to find out what something is by listing the things that that thing is not. You follow? So what we do, because our list of right actions is almost infinite. In fact, it probably is infinite. There's probably an infinite amount of right actions that a person can participate in on a daily basis throughout their entire lives. Throughout the existence of the universe, there's an infinite amount of right actions any given person at any given time could participate in for the rest of time since the beginning of time. But it seems that there's a very short list of wrong actions that a person can participate in. And these would be the transgressions against natural law. Because natural, natural law um, is actually really not that complicated. It's really not. So it, and it's really not that hard to live. Let me, let me put it that way. It, it may be complicated to explain. It may be complicated to really understand in a way where you could effectively communicate it to another person. Um, heck, I've been studying it, studying it for a couple of years now, like almost nonstop. And I'm finding it difficult. Maybe it's just a little bit, you know, a little nervousness on my part because it's the first time I've really tried to do this on my show. I've had extended conversations with multiple people in person about this thing. And it's easier when you're staring somebody in the face because, or talking to somebody because you can bounce back and forth and answer questions along the way. But the transgressions against natural law, quite simple to understand. Um, number one is murder. Number two, I would say, is uh, theft, like stealing, stealing property. Number three would be uh, trespassing, like say on onto somebody's land, onto somebody's property, into somebody's house. Uh, so number number so number four would be um, rape. Uh, like sexual, like uh, se like rape in the sexual encounter, type of uh, type of rape, um, or I guess like there's other forms of rape as well, but then there's uh, number five would be coercion, which is you know making somebody do something against their will. And I, I like to think that there's a sixth, a number six, which is lying. Like, so not telling the truth. So let's go over that again. Murder, you're taking somebody's life. Uh, stealing, you're taking somebody's property, like a watch or, you know, what have you, maybe a car, whatever. Uh, number three, you're trespassing. You're taking, you're taking somebody's peace of mind. Uh, you're taking somebody's ability to feel comfortable in their domicile, in their house, on their property. Uh, number four, you're, um, you're, you've, you've raped somebody. You're, you're taking that person's ability to consent. You're taking the, uh, to, to who they choose consent in a uh, sexual partner. Uh, number five, coercion. You're taking somebody's um, you're taking somebody's uh, ability to use their own free will to make a choice. Number six, lying. 
you're taking somebody's ability to understand what the truth means or is. So there's a constant theme throughout those transgressions. It's theft. So it can really just be boiled back down to one one thing, and that's theft. You're stealing. So ultimately, don't steal is the message. When you're talking about natural law and all of the all of the rights that we have, you want to talk about human rights, you want to talk about oh, right action, wrong action, right versus wrong and all this. There's so I could stay dude, honestly, guys, I could be here for the rest of time telling you about what your rights are. But boom, I just summed it up for you pretty easily that the wrong actions we know what those are now. Don't steal. In any form of theft, don't steal. Don't do it. And if you can and if you can do that, then you're not causing harm, are you? And if you're not causing harm, then the the amount of suffering that you're bringing into reality is limited. Perhaps it's even zero. If you can manage to cause zero harm, then you're all, all obviously not causing any suffering e- either. So, um, yeah. Now, if we can get to a point where everyone understands that those are objectively true things, then if we can li- if we can all if we could all live according to you know if we could all try not to try and not to uh break those rules i guess <laughs> if we could try to avoid those transgressions against natural law then we would be in a much better position if we think about it um the laws of morality w- would tell you that the more moral a society is in the aggregate, the more free that society is. So if we look at it the opposite way, if we look at it almost in the reverse manner, the more immoral a society is in the aggregate, the more enslaved that society is. So... What, is, what does that mean? Well, if we think about it, the more wrong actions that people take, the more dependency on the state that creates, and the more power it gives away from the people to this entity called the government. And that's, oh, it can't be that simple. Well, it, it pretty much is that simple. If we avoid doing wrong deeds toward one another, then there is no need for there to be police or government or anything like that. And this doesn't just this doesn't apply to just Americans or you know whatever. Like everyone in the world, every person is a human. It applies to them, and it doesn't just apply to human to human interaction either. To be honest, it also applies to the animal kingdom. Not that there is. That not that a leopard's not allowed to take down a gazelle. It's more like we're conscious beings, so we're not really supposed to be causing harm to animals. Like that's that's the idea. So, I for one am not a vegan or a vegetarian, so I I feel really terrible about even talking about about it like that. But I really would like to focus more on human to human interaction because uh, I. I think that the people that can turn it around and and uh, with the dietary with their diets and whatnot, like my hats off to you for real. Um, I think that the I, I think the focus should be on a, we should be focusing more on people at the moment, and then when we can really make headway on the amount of people that we've gotten to understand these concepts and this philosophy then then we should move our focus and broaden broaden it out a little bit more to widen our focus a little bit more and 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 really press forward and um, 
move our attention toward the animal kingdom and our involvement with them. Um, I, for one, do not support or condone things like factory farming and, you know, the, the, like the fishing industry and, and things like that. And, and to be quite frank and honest with all of you people out there, uh, it seems that my, my, since I've been starting to learn more and more about this, my consumption, my personal consumption of meat has actually been going down and, you know, it's a very long process. It's not something you can do overnight, but I'm not here to criticize people about their diets and, and whatnot, because who am I to speak about that? But I'm here to try to focus on the harm that human beings cause to each other. And, uh, and then once, <laughs> I think once our species can learn to not hurt each other, then perhaps we could, we should turn our attention to, the other species on this planet and uh you know i'm i might caught catch some flack for that but so be it uh, you know i'm here i can take it and uh just for just for the record i know that that's not what natural law is about i know it means you know sentient beings i know i know um but i just happen to think that we won't be able to reach everybody with uh, we won't be able to reach everybody with the idea that you know how am I how am I trying to say this the idea that we can reach everybody about the whole you know vegan and vegetarian or, or whatever the dietary stuff I think is a little bit I think we get a little bit ahead of ourselves when we start thinking that that uh thinking that way the point should be reminded yes yes uh we should not leave that part out sure um but i happen to i happen to think that uh our primary focus should start with human to human interaction and not causing harm to each other and if we can stop causing harm to each other then we can move our attention and focus onto the animal kingdom and the harm and and uh, the harm that we cause to animals. And to be completely fu like seriously, how many of you vegans and vegetarians out there grow your own vegetables anyways and know for a fact that the vegetables that you eat aren't leading to the to the harm of little animals in those fields with your mono crop agriculture with all this bullshit stuff that happens in these large fields and these large farms that kill animals for you to get your vegetables anyways. So don't come at me with this vegetarian vegan bullshit. I don't want to fucking hear it. All right. I get it. I understand and I agree. But now is not the time to be focusing on that and being hyper focused on what harm we cause to the animal kingdom when innocent women and innocent children and innocent men all across the planet are killing, are getting killed or killing each other for no fucking reason other than some government told them that they needed to go over to another country and kill people over there that never did anything to them other than maybe piss off somebody in power. Okay, so miss me with that bullshit about your diets and everything like that, because I don't want to hear it. And if you don't like me, if you don't like me saying that stuff, then you don't need to listen to my show. You don't need to watch it. You don't need to listen to it. You can unsubscribe from my channel and leave me behind and go find somebody else that talks about this stuff that you prefer to hear about it from. You don't need to hear it from me for real. Somebody else will hear it and the message will get through. And if my and if my if the only thing that I do is turn somebody's attention to somebody else that they prefer to hear this information from, then my job here is done. And that's all I got to say about the dietary stuff. For real. Um, but yeah, the whole point is to cause zero harm. All right. And uh, well, it's been it's been just about an hour. And I got my little rant out of the way and everything like that. Um, next week, I probably have a guest with me. I'm not sure who it is, but if you even care to come back, then, uh, then you'll find out then. Or pay attention during the week. Join the Discord channel. 
and you can uh, you can chat with me there and we can have a good time and perhaps one day you could be a guest on my show and uh, we can we can talk about a subject that that you want to bring uh, to the table and of course you can always uh, you know leave a comment on this video like subscribe or whatever it is to the channel to stay up to date on uh, on the things that I'm posting and when I go live and of course you know f um, visit freeyourmindne.com and you can also contact me through there if you're not into the discord or Odyssey, uh, commenting on Odyssey, you can privately email me at, uh, at um, what is it, Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth at gmail.com. Possibly be changing that uh, email soon, but you can figure that out if you go to freeyourmindne.com and uh, keep up with me there. There's also a Facebook group uh, you can find if you just type in the show name on Facebook, you can find it. And then, you know, those are all the neat ways that you can stay in touch and, uh, and keep up with me. So that's all I got to say tonight. And we will be back next Saturday night starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. And uh, if you live in Italy, that's <laughs> 3 a.m. <laughs> Sorry, Francesco. So, all right, boys and girls, this is me signing off. I'm, I'm your host, James Cordiner, and you've been listening to A Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth. Peace.